Hey guys, welcome to Product Explained, a show where we talk about products and the company's history and strategy behind them. I'm your first host, Jeff Lee. And I'm your co-host, Mike Alcazarin. Hey Jeff, when will my social network have a social network to let my other social networks that they have a social network? Uh, when your social network starts paying HOA fees. Today's show, we're talking about Nextdoor, a social network product for your local neighborhood. And shout out to our uh, follower, Liz Kreitler on Instagram for suggesting this particular product. Yeah, really excited for, for this one. So thanks, Liz, for the recommendation here. I actually signed up for, for Nextdoor as part of this to, to learn more about it because I actually have not been on Nextdoor. So Nextdoor is a social media platform really focused on neighborhoods. So as I mentioned, I didn't know much about the platform before t- today's episode. So I did sign up and let me walk you through what my customer experience was like. I think that's a, a cool way for us to you know kind of switch things up of how we've been doing this, Jeff. I went to nextdoor.com. I... Um, I'm prompted to register using my address. So I'm, you know, immediately, immediately getting the signal that I'm plugged into this location-based mm-hmm. social network. You see a a news feed or it felt very similar to like the old Facebook wall where I, I saw posts that range, you know, from local community events, which was actually really cool. Things that are happening in my community that I had no idea <laughs> all the way to just like general complaints about standard neighborhood yeah. stuff. You know, it was like from like, fireworks that were going off and drag racing um to just like really high internet prices thanks to our our, our local monopoly of i think it's spectrum that, that, that we have i think one of the, like, the biggest like meta points that i felt when i was browsing and going through this customer experience on next door was that it felt like a really interesting way to connect with folks that were mm-hmm. outside of my social circle i actually really like that it was like people that were kind of random. You know that's not random because it's location based and they're in your different neighborhoods. But it was nice to see like what others are thinking about outside of like my traditional uh, social media bubble. And Nextdoor also had like a bevy of other product features. Like so, if you navigate to like the sidebar, you can see a help map where people might need help for different things. A local business map, deals to your local area, public agencies, events, safety, and then groups of people that you could connect with. So. Th- yeah, that was my intro to the the product of just browsing around for the for the first hour, and I signed up, and yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. But in terms of the business model for for Nextdoor, it's very similar to any other social media network. I think my favorite quote on this is that you know if you're not paying for the product, you are the product, and so I think that it just breaks down to that the revenue source yeah. of Nextdoor is just eyeballs. You know, it's like if you go to nextdoor.com, they actually list off their different revenue streams, which I, I appreciate oh, that transparency cool. yeah. from Nextdoor's perspective. And they, they say it's sponsored. Yeah, it's like it's a blog post that they have right on nextdoor.com. And the three primary revenue streams are sponsored ads. So this appears in your news feed, you know, there'll be a little like, you know, notification letting you know it's an ad. The second is neighborhood sponsorship. So Different local services can promote themselves in, in, in certain zip codes. So, you know, if you are, you know, Jeff and Mike's plumbing service, like we could create an ad targeted towards different mm-hmm. zip codes, which is really interesting. And I'm sure a huge value for these companies to to reach their customers, you know, at a, at a higher rate. You know, it's based off their location and you can see if different co- people have been having the similar issues in the past. So it's really interesting. And then the third was local deals. Um so all that said, it's relatively early days for, for Nextdoor. I, I couldn't find any, you know, really reputable revenue sources. It just felt like, you know, <laughs> jackandjillsblog.com. So I didn't want to quote any of those numbers, but they are heavily funded by, by, the, by venture capitalists. So that's where a lot of like the initial revenue comes into play. 
or not revenue, sorry. That's where a lot of the initial, like how they've been able to get traction and funding is um, Venture Capital Monday. Yeah, I can't remember when I started using Nextdoor, but it's been a few years. I do remember that Nextdoor had a pretty good plugin into local law enforcement. So if there was anything going on or you had some questions or you even wanted to like alert people on suspicious activity, I know that, that w- that's one of the main features of Nextdoor, being able to say like, hey, there was a break-in at this corner or hey, something happened, uh, just a heads up for everybody. Or like you said, just a place to like talk about, hey, like when's the local grill out happening and what's going on with the fireworks situation or whatever, uh, like kind of like a local gossip space. In terms of the history of the product, it was originally founded in 2008 by um, this guy named Nirav Tolia, Sarah Leary, Prakash Janakiraman, and David Wisen. Tolia was previously a founder of ePinions, uh, which was a consumer review site acquired by eBay. You might have remembered ePinions by like the very quintessential green smiley face, yellow neutral face, and then red uh, frowny face if the product was bad. In 2014, Tolia was charged with a hit and run, uh, which caused a good bit of controversy because he was a CEO at the time. And obviously he was CEO of a, of a product that was trying to promote neighborliness. So Talia ended up serving 30 days of community service in response to this this particular instance. In 2014, Georgia Tech, which is the greatest university in the history of schools, uh, found that Nextdoor (laughs) users intended to be highly engaged with their neighborhoods outside of Nextdoor. So the study participants said that the discussions in the Nextdoor were civil, that they helped them talk about things that they normally couldn't talk about. But they're also torn by the address verification process, which raised privacy concerns, but also increased trust amongst users. For you specifically, Mike, I know that you you went through this recently. Did that feel weird to enter in your address? I remember when I first did it, it did feel a little weird, but I recognized that it was kind of the price I had to pay to kind of enter in this e community. No, I, I didn't. I didn't think about it at all. I was just <laughs> maybe, like, maybe that's on me and just how comfortable I am with, yeah. uh, you know, putting information out there. So if you want my bank account, social security, like I'm, I'm right for, yeah. <laughs> yeah, here it is. Yeah. And the grand reveal. But no, I actually didn't think about it at all. I'm like, yeah, like I, I, and it also could have been the framing of it where I knew I was going to look at this for, for, for the podcast. So I just wanted to, you know, dive right in. Yeah. That's really interesting. I remember they used to mail you uh, a physical card with a, a, a verification code on it. Do you know if they did that for you? No, that's really interesting. Like that was their way. Yeah, they, they did it through snail mail. So you wouldn't like <laughs> be able to get into Nextdoor for like a week until they mailed that card over to Dude, you. Dude, that's like the OG two-factor authentication. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah. what's the code on your postcard coming in two weeks? Like in today's <laughs> day and age, like you have to own a phone to be able to get into you know, to be able to do two-fact, but now it's like you have to own a house <laughs> to be able to get into next door, which is a pretty high barrier of entry. But, you know, I guess that makes sense. I, I, if you're a renter anyways, then you can you can get that mail. But I just thought it was really interesting that that's the way that they did address verification. And it utilizes a very old system, which is our, you know, our mail system to get these codes across because that's like what they feel like is the best way. Today, you could probably do it with other other means like a, a bill or mm-hmm. um, a bank statement or something. But yeah, I just thought it was really interesting that that's what they used to do. In 2017, Nextdoor acquired a UK-based social network called Street Life, which was a very similar concept, but you know, again, was based in the UK. In 2017... Not as friendly of a name. Yeah, Street Life sounds really sketchy. Uh, Nextdoor <laughs> sounds like, you know, pretty light, pretty communal. In 2017, they started putting ads on the platform. So they included real estate, local businesses... Uh, and other products. I find that this is really interesting because you mentioned local deals earlier. And so 
We've obviously covered Groupon before. I wonder how it differs mm-hmm. from Groupon or if it's had more or less success than Groupon. I do think that Groupon is like meant for companies that maybe have like a real presence where local deals could be something as similar as like maybe I'm selling cookies out of my garage, like selling them at a discount. I don't know. Maybe it's more for mom and pop. Yeah, no, I, I think it's uh, it's it's really interesting. I'd love to like look into that and see, and see like, you know, Groupon versus next door i think if i'm a small to medium-sized business or just any kind of business operating in an area it's got to be really hard to understand like what is the most effective marketing and and maybe it's not actually really hard like maybe like you know like inherently it's word of mouth it's going to be the best and then it's going to be reviews this feels like it's going after the long tail like more of like upper funnel awareness of like hey like you're not a customer but you might be willing to try this if you if you see a deal and it's more of like those price sensitive customers so um yeah, I, I think that could be a whole episode in and of itself of just like optimizing deal flow for these small businesses. Yeah, for sure. In 2018, Talia was actually replaced by former Square CFO, Sarah Fryer. And then Talia stepped down and became chair of the board of directors, which isn't quite a step down, but, <laughs> but was stepped away from the CEO position. Also in 2018, they launched a special forums dedicated to political discussions because they recognized that a lot of people in the neighborhoods were having a lot of discussions around politics, you know, it just was kind of oh my God. Um, yeah. kind of the state of <laughs> affairs <laughs> with all social media platforms. And they intended to separate these discussions from their typical neighborhood chatter, which kudos to them. It was probably the right thing to do. If I recall, they launched it in, I think, 12 different marketplaces to see um, if that was interesting to people and it could stop from distracting them from normal day-to-day neighborhood discussions. In 2019, they acquired another company called Hoodline, which was what a is local up with news site. Yeah, all those you sites. Got Street Life, Hoodline. All, <laughs> like what? All the acquisitions are uh, pretty funny names. They don't seem neighborhood friendly. They seem very <laughs> no. uh, suspicious. That's hilarious. Um, something to kind of call out was Nextdoor had a history of being accused of racial profiling. Maybe not them themselves, but the people that were utilizing the platform, where people were just calling out and creating these neighborhood alerts just based on on race. At the time, the Oakland law enforcement officials were utilizing Nextdoor to connect with local residents. I actually saw this with a nearby local law enforcement in Union City, which is, you know, maybe like 20 minutes from Oakland. So similar instance, but Nextdoor ended up updating its UI to make it harder for users to create posts, these alerts just solely based on race. And Oakland PD came out and said its changes were actually more helpful to the department's work. And the CEO at the time, Talia, claimed that racial profiling and their crime and safety reports dropped by 75% from these changes. And I wanted to call it out specifically because people always question whether or not, you know, there's inherent racial bias in user design, and there's absolutely bias in design. Mm -hmm. In this particular case, you know, it, it was clearly made difficult to create these alerts solely based on race. And by switching out some UI, it's incredible that the number of race only based reports dropped by 75%. So it's pretty cool to see how technology is driving some of this behavioral change. Yeah, no, and I think that's just like um, a huge discussion that I'm really glad like we're having here and I think needs to happen within technology all the time. It's just, you know, the, the ethics of building, of who's building the code that is especially going to imp- like impact, you know, and scale and, and impact millions of millions and millions of people. Um, and, you know, how do you make algorithms, uh, you know, not have issues like this and make sure that they're, they're equitable and making sure you're having these conversations on making sure, um, just looking around these corners of like, you know, what are the edge cases and how could this, you know, kind of go sideways. So I definitely 
um, appreciate that Nextra reacted to to this by updates. It is super important, and design does have a huge impact on um, how people interact with the the platforms, uh, be it for good or for bad. Honestly, we can do a whole series on this, but a couple other um, examples are that I know that there was an instance where hand dryers or automatic soap dispensers couldn't detect darker skins because you know all their training data was just based on normal white you know complexions. That's something that's like you know very easily overseen when you're doing the design phase but it's just something that should be considered or captured during the testing phases right to be able to you know handle all these different skin types um, and all these different personas that are coming to use your product another instance is i think twitter has a cropping mechanism for mm-hmm. longer pictures and they tend to crop based on white males versus any minorities and females so it's just kind of interesting how the algorithms are trained and how it kind of impacts people's perception of pictures products etc yeah so we can talk about who Nextdoor is for and switch up a little bit. So at first feel for me, uh, Nextdoor felt like a bit of an old school Facebook, which I really liked. You know, it was more of a news feed or, or wall that felt more uh-huh. organic. Yeah. It felt more random. You know, like part of the reason why I enjoyed Facebook, I think back in like 2007 to 2010 is like because it was so random and like people that I haven't connected (laughs) with like were posting things and it wasn't this like algorithm like force feeding me, you know, things that I wanted to see about the Buffalo Bills and (laughs) new t-shirts and now lately like wedding band rings, (laughs) you know? So um, I definitely like that about Nextdoor, how it was just organic. And and I wonder how much that will stay, especially as they're starting to monetize uh, the the platform. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of who the target customer felt like, it, it felt like I was a target customer. You know, it's like, you know, a millennial living in a new neighborhood that wants to connect with the community. Um, that said, a lot of the folks that I saw, at least in like my neighborhood here um, in Rochester, New York, was that it felt like it was a little bit trending older, um, you know, closer to like my parents' age. And this is purely off me guessing based off of just the anecdotes of like the the typos that I was seeing <laughs> and just like the, of like of the posts and what they were about. Um, the users felt like they were between 40 and 60. So shame on me for, for profiling these people. If that's ageist, I apologize. But that was <laughs> the, the the feeling that I got when I was looking through, through, through the platform. Um, what I thought was interesting too is the second part of the user experience as I'm signing up for Nextdoor was actually uh, a growth marketing tactic where um, most you know growth marketing tactics is just like connect your contact list and send all of your friends like the notification that you joined XYZ mm-hmm. social network. I think LinkedIn is definitely, um, I don't want to say an abuser of that, but they are definitely a user <laughs> yeah. of that uh, anecdote of connecting all of your um, <laughs> contacts. But for Nextdoor, what they were doing is they actually offered the ability to send 150 postcards, like physical postcards to you for free. Um, so you would then put these in like your neighborhood mailbox, you know, like all like imagine like going like door to door and like putting these in if you love the platform so much. I imagine this has to be effective for them. I, I imagine it's also pretty expensive, um, but it's also like um, really interesting where like for a social media company to advertise they're going old school with like paper inserts into into homes, you know, like high school style. Yeah. And I think, again, that's that's their MO, right? Like I mentioned earlier how they send you verification codes via mail. I, I think it was a postcard. It was just like a next door postcard. So it's just something that they've done and it does make them semi-unique. Like you think about this feeling like a local community because somebody put this thing in the mail to actually send to you. And it's not just like a push notification. It's not an email, it's not a text <laughs> 
It's like actually a thing, a card in your in your mailbox. Albeit, I don't think somebody wrote the verification code. Now, if they did that, that would be way <laughs> over and above. But um, yeah, that's right. No, it's I mean it's wild because like you have to actually risk talking to a real human. You know, it's like you might like run into your neighbor, God forbid, that as you're putting the postcard into their door, <laughs> they're like, "What the like, what the hell are you doing on my <laughs> like on my porch?" It's like, oh, it's like it's a social network. It's like, <laughs> it's me. Come come to the local cookout. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I uh, I think like the times that I've used Nextdoor, usually it's one, if I'm looking for like things that are on sale or trying to sell things, it's just like another Craigslist for me. Or two, weirdly, it's been a good place for posting about lost dogs. Not that mm. I've lost any dogs, but I, I've weirdly come across, I think three separate times in the Bay Area, I've come across loose dogs. And I'll post on Nextdoor and it's usually one of the fastest groups to respond and say, hey, like this is so-and-so's dog. Or, hey, I know that that dog looks familiar. Let me reach out. Or, hey, you can go um, drop that dog off at the at the shelter. They've got, like, weekend hours or whatever. So I think it's been a good good forum for that sort of thing. Yeah, it's super interesting. And um, as of October – and, yeah, that's, it's super interesting. I mean, in terms of the size of – the customer base that Nextdoor has is definitely growing. And uh, as of October 2020, the most recent data that I could find, uh, Nextdoor had 27 million active users. Um, something I wanted to talk about, you know, kind of switching gears from like what the product is, is more of just, you know, strategically, if you're thinking about social media and uh, the business implications of how do you grow and expand a social uh-huh. network. And I think next, next door is in this interesting place where um, they're, they're, they're growing this product um, in a very saturated market. Like I think people know like social, social media networks. I mean, Facebook is so ever present. Um, and I want to read this quote from, from Mark Zuckerberg. And this is, I think from like 2010 when he was emailing uh, uh, his lawyer or I think uh I think a venture capitalist or someone in the finance industry about purchasing Instagram. I think it was that way back in like 2008 or 2010, but, um, or sorry, yeah, 2010. Um, but the quote from Mark Zuckerberg is quote, there are network effects around social products and a finite number of different social mechanics to invent. Once someone wins at a specific mechanic, it's difficult for others to supplant them without doing something different. Hmm. End quote. Um, so what I think what, that boils down to is that social media is really just a land grab. You know, it's like once you have that specific mechanic, like you're going to, you're going to win that. And and you saw that with like Snapchat, you know, they kind of invented the, uh, not invented, but they made it really popular to have the vanishing messages. And like you were having this like ethereal conversation with people and it was less permanent. And that was really attractive to, to folks. Um, and so Instagram definitely copied a lot of those mechanics, but it's it's interesting how like Snapchat, I think it was must have been like 2012 to 2014 was just so big and it was just um just this massive growth that it was really hard for uh, and I think Facebook was really worried about losing a majority of their um the their their folks too. So it's just really interesting for, from my perspective to look at the business strategy and I think Another line that Mark Zuckerberg said for why he decided to make the Instagram acquisition is, you know, what we're really buying is time because I think yeah. they understood that Instagram was going to be successful no matter what because of the social mechanic of quickly liking photos and just browsing, you know, without all the words and all the text. Um, he just wanted to accelerate that and bring face, bring Instagram in, under the, the Facebook umbrella. So um, it's interesting that Nextdoor has also made acquisitions uh, in the past as well. 
um, in in the social space. So I wonder if their strategy is very similar, where it's like, hey, this is a land share. We have to get everyone and have all the right mechanics to make sure that this neighborhood, um, this neighborhood's like platform is is growing well. So yeah, I just want to call out that Instagram acquisition because I remember at the time people kind of gawked at the idea that Instagram, which is just about sharing pictures, could be acquired for $1 billion. But I'd beg to argue that it's probably Facebook's most successful product today. And it's probably generating so much revenue. I'm curious to see how much Instagram itself is worth as an asset. But $1 billion in hindsight seems like such a good deal. Like it seems like such a discount compared to the value that it's bringing. And you're right. Like they're the first ones to, you know, break into this picture sharing space and it just becomes like this de facto arena for for social media and people have to do things completely different which is why people now are posting on TikTok and TikTok's kind of the new thing but and they're cross posting right but i want to mention something that's funny which is mark said that it's difficult for others to supplant them without doing something different and then everybody's doing stories now <laughs> which is really really frustrating because <laughs> I, was instagram the first to do stories now i can't even remember but you know linkedin has stories twitter has stories like everybody has stories now and it's it's really really weird i'm pretty sure that was like that was like snapchat right it was just like you could just see quickly what all your friends were doing yeah i guess yeah. so yeah i guess so like I, I guess it's it's funny because snapchat did it first but i don't use snapchat as much anymore so to me instagram is like it's funny that he says that you should do something different, but he just copied it because they're already more <laughs> popular platform. They uh, had success. Um, let's talk about competitors in the space. Just, you know, while we're on the anecdote of copying people's ideas, the biggest competitor to me to next door is just simply Facebook groups. In my neighborhood, we have a pretty thriving Facebook group for the neighborhood that I'm in. And that's where a lot of the stuff is posted. We also have another like online forum that's on some website that's specific to the homeowners association. But there's also Nextdoor as well, which is, you know, kind of, it can be exactly the neighborhood that you're in or it can be broader or smaller. So it's it just, mm-hmm. the, the scale is a little bit different. Um, I also put Craigslist on here because while Craigslist is mostly for buying and selling, you can also buy and sell on Nextdoor. I put Yelp on here for the fact that you can talk about local businesses and figure out which local businesses are best for you. There's a um, people nearby app called Zigger. And also there's a, an app called Neighborhoods by Ring. Neighborhoods by Ring is it was really interesting because it's a place that collects all of the Ring videos of all the different instances. So for example, if there's a telemarketer that's coming by house by house and knocking on your doors, you can kind of alert everybody <laughs> else in your Neighborhoods by Ring app to say, hey, watch out for this telemarketer uh, because here they are on camera. So I thought that was really interesting. That's so funny. And I, I saw too that Facebook actually is uh, they're piloting a feature called neighborhoods. Um, so this also goes against uh, good old Zuckerberg's quote of it's, you know, hard to supplant someone without doing something different when that's exactly what they're doing with, with neighborhoods. It sounds good when you're the first person to do it, but, it's, <laughs> but then everybody ends up copying everybody else. So. Yeah, totally. Um, cool. Well, we can talk about our, our, our thoughts. So as I mentioned, I'm super new to, to, to Nextdoor, um, but I'm super intrigued. Like I um, definitely see myself like have, especially with the past year in COVID, like, you know, we moved here in, in, in June of, of last year, July of last year. So we haven't been able to connect with our community yet. So as things start to open back up again and restrictions uh, are lifted, we can start to engage with the community and, and start to, to really connect with our neighbors. So 
I like that because it's there's something really nice about living in a community where there's tons of things going and you know a huge uh, like selling point for Rochester specifically is that there's tons of festivals that are happening all the time and so I'm excited to see that kind of like community flywheel for lack of a better term just start to start to build up, uh, on itself. Um, so if I have to look at you know just looking at like the product market fit for for next door, it definitely feels um, definitely feels really nice because you're going after instead of people you're going after and like social networks you're almost going after like a, a neighborhood network so really interesting um yeah i'm excited to dive in so i'm gonna call it like a 3.8 for now just because i don't have enough information but i i am hooked enough to uh continue and and, and see um and just keep continue using the platform so excited to try it out yeah awesome so for me, um, I think what's really interesting about Nextdoor is, like you mentioned, the product market fit. It's for people that really care about their neighborhoods and want to you know, share information about local events, uh, maybe alert people about things that are going on, um, good or bad, and even help your neighbors out in times of need, which is really great. It, it feels more like an actual neighborhood you know, from a social media perspective, and it feels like it's specifically purposed for neighborhoods, whereas Facebook feels like it's kind of this aggregate social media platform that could be for anything and it's kind of retrofit into neighborhood talk totally uh but you know next door is specifically for the folks that are in your community um that live next to you and um that you'll come across during dog walks and things like that so i like that it's very specifically meant for that target audience and that's why i think it has to score really high on product market fit in terms of pricing it's the pricing is basically the advertisements right like you mentioned that you're paying for it with eyeball time, which isn't too bad, you know, considering that you, you use it for just a social media platform, you don't really have to pay for any pro features or anything like that. So that's good. I like their overall strategy of making it feel like you're part of the neighborhood from the postcards to have to entering <laughs> from the postcards to having to enter in your address. It makes it feel like you have to validate yourself that, hey, I've entered in this community and I'm part of this community. And I'm not just trying to come in and thrash on somebody else's community, even though I don't actually live there. So I think they've done a pretty good job of balancing the trade-off between some level of privacy concern, but then proving yourself by some sort of address validation. Overall, I think I'm going to give Nextdoor a, a 3.9. I really like the product. I do think that there's other products that can do things that are pretty similar. It does have a slightly better feel from a neighborhood perspective, but from a pure functionality, it's just kind of a posting board. So I am concerned that, like you said, Zuckerberg or somebody else is going to come in and steal the, the way that Nextdoor operates. And it's not that novel from a product perspective. So it's kind of easy to copy. So that's that's my biggest. Yeah. Well, those are our thoughts on Nextdoor. Um, thanks so much again to, to Liz for um, yeah, making a suggestion for us to yeah to dive into next door so uh, we'd love to continue to hear from our audience so definitely let us know um what you thought about the podcast and if you want us to review anything else uh you can find us uh on instagram and twitter both at prod x podcast that's p-r-o-d-e-x podcast yeah and if you like the show be sure to like us and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms like spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, etc and let us know what products we should review next see you next episode